so I would like to take this opportunity to do a shameless plug for a video game before we start our show today. Ooh. That video game is 7 Billion Humans. Okay. And it's a game on the Switch, but it's also on all kinds of things, where you are robots, and you're using computer-based programming language to get humans to do certain things. And it's really fun and entertaining, and it's teaching you how to program at the same time. It's teaching oh. you, like, programming logic. It's pretty fun. Definitely has a unique sense of humor, and I recommend it. 7 Billion Humans. It's, like, 15 on the Nintendo eShop, so I imagine it's about that on like Steam and other platforms. Mm-hmm. So give it a shot and see what you think of 7 billion humans. I am currently in level 15. The best is it tells you like, oh, you completed this task using 10 programming steps. Can you do it in 5? And it like asks you to try and get more efficient. So I had to do one that was particularly complicated and I finished it and it was like 37 steps. And I was like, okay, that, that was probably a lot. That was complicated. Yes. And then it says like, can you do it in 7? And I went, fuck no. <laughs> Clearly, I've done something wrong if I can reduce it to seven steps. But that's neither here nor there. Anyway, let's get to our program, shall we? Yay, let's... Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of JNL Watches. I'm Jess Leah. And I am Josh Prime. And today we're watching Buffy Season 5, Episode 19, Tough Love. Yes, in this episode... Glory finally, quote unquote, figures out who the key is. Ooh. But in reality, she just suspects Tara. Oh. Will and Tara have a fight about magic and her being not gay enough and about her not having a dead mom. It's a complicated fight. It is. And Tara winds up at the cultural fair alone, getting her brain sucked out by glory. Fucking Christ. Meanwhile, Buffy is dropping out of college and learning that if she doesn't make her sister go to school, she's going to be sent into foster care. That would be Dawn. Buffy's a little old for foster care. But the point is, not good news. Mm-mm. And then at the end of this episode, we have a brain-sucked Tara revealing that Dawn is the key to glory. Roll credits. This is a very packed episode. There is a lot going on. Truly there is. agree. Before we get into today's episode, who are you going to play as? I'm going to go with Tara. (gasps) Yay! Knowing that she's only got a little bit of sanity left, I'm going to play as her. That's fair. Um, I would like to be Dawn. Nice. And that she's in a lot of it. Yeah. She's featured quite heavily in this episode. I agree. What are we doing at the beginning? Dawn, Buffy is dropping out of school. Correct. And talking to her poetry professor, because that sounds like a class that Buffy would take. Mm-hmm. And she's helping him get a slide out of his, like, rotating slide thing from the fucking 60s. Yep, and he has a form to sign. And also, out of all the teachers to talk to, the poetry teacher? This scene is just super strange yeah. overall. Because, like, first of all, it's so it's totally meant to be, like, Buffy leaving college is impactful, right? Mm-hmm. But we haven't seen her actually go to class at all this year. No. So it doesn't seem like she's even in school. And then this professor is somebody we don't have any knowledge of. And, like, he's a poetry professor. So why does he have a slideshow wheel like this? Mm-mm. That's typically, like, an art thing, not a poetry thing. And why is it that they're trying to get the slide out of the slide projector? And then when she gets it out, there's not, like, a payoff. It just, like, flies across the room. Which yeah. is, it just felt like there was going to be something big that was going to happen that related to the slide projector. And no, it's just something from the talk over during the sequence. I think it would have been more interesting if it had been, like, a psych class. Because we saw her take Professor Walsh's, yeah. Yeah, Walsh's class. She could have to take Psych 101 again since yeah. her professor died mid-semester. I mean, very interesting. Although probably quarter because 
you see. But at least we had, like, a precedent that Buffy did very well in that class and yeah. perhaps went on to take either that class again or others. Yeah, exactly. So this opening is a little rough for me because we have the whole Buffy sequence. Mm-hmm. Then we cut and do parallels to Ben getting fired from his job. Mm-hmm. And it's meant to be very similar in sequences. But, of course, Ben's being fired from his job because he's been possessed by his god sister for two weeks and hasn't shown up for work, which is very different than Buffy's mom dying and her not being able to pay attention in class. Correct. So, like, a faulty parallel at best. But that's fine. I agree. Also, we never see Ben again this episode, so I'm sure that this is setting something up for later on, but, like, it doesn't seem important for the here and now. No, it's really just to run parallel to Buffy and to give us a little bit of opportunity to feel bad for Ben. We're just building sympathy for Ben. That's really all that's going on right now. All right. And illustrating that Glory is causing consequences in his life at a high level. Which I never really thought about, but yeah, if you share a body... How did he get to be a medical intern in the first place if Glory was popping in all the time? True. And I think I asked you this question in the first watch through, but at this scene, we're seeing Ben transition into Glory... Yes. And, like, I have several questions. Like, it seems like he and he feels that she is coming, but, yep. like, is there, like, a trigger, or is it just whenever she wants, or... It seems to be whenever she wants. He doesn't seem to have a lot of power to just come and go. Right. But if that were the case, why would she ever let him run the show? Yeah. Well, also, we never see Glory transition into Ben. It's always Ben into Glory. Yeah. Not a lot of going backward... At least yet. But yeah, it's a little rough. I don't know. Their dynamic is weird, and we don't get a lot of opportunity to explore it very deeply. So that's an experience that we'll have to unpack. This episode, it's just got a lot going on. I think they had to figure out a way to have Dawn be revealed without having anybody spill the beans. Hmm. And I think that there's a lot of convoluted situations being created to make it so that it's not one of our core Scoobies that's spilling the beans. It's a lunatic Tara. It's a different scenario. Fair. Whatever. Incidentally, so I finished editing the episode we had with Omega. By this point, people will have already heard it, but it sounds great. Yay! We should consider doing all of our episodes over Zoom okay. since it sounds better than our very expensive microphone. <laughs> <laughs> It was an interesting experience doing it over Zoom. I liked it. It was kind of fun. I don't understand how nobody has come up with a way to reasonably sync up video yet that isn't, like, across platforms. Because there's the Netflix watch party, there's the Disney Plus watch party that you have to pay for, which is stupid. Mm -hmm. But, like, how is it that nobody's come up with, like, a sync system that just works? I wonder if there's rights issues. That's certainly what it is, but that doesn't mean that somebody wouldn't have invented something that goes around those things by now. Yeah, I don't know. I will say, though, as a participant of a Netflix watch party on a weekly basis, I hate them. You do Netflix watch parties on a weekly basis? I do. Really? I do, yeah. How'd you get roped into that? (laughs) Well, friends, uh, you have, let's say that you have a really close-knit group of friends from your undergraduate education. Sure. And they live on the East Coast or the opposite coast that you live on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, then you feel guilty saying no to things because you don't often see them. And you start doing these Netflix watch parties out of guilt and What are the things that you're watching? Um, we watched two movies. Murder Mystery Dinner. Is that one of them? I mean, I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't know the actual title. I think that was it. It's with Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler. And they attend a murder mystery. And okay. it turns into a real murder. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. 
Sounds like a laugh riot. Yeah, it was it was actually pretty good. I would recommend it. It's very knives out feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Second one was bling ring. Wow. <laughs> we will never run in the same social yeah. circles for yeah. movie tastes. That cause... one was not great. But now we've moved on to the TV show Outer Banks. Also Can't not great. The issue is I'm literally for my job on Zoom or answering emails all day on my computer. So the last thing I want to do is be on my computer more and watch a TV show on it. And I think that's the thing. Like, if it were easy to do, mm-hmm. I think you wouldn't... Like, in a perfect world, you wouldn't notice that you were on Zoom because mm-hmm. it would be so easy. But even just to get us to be synced up with Omega, we had to do, like, a countdown. Yep. Then our ads weren't synced with her ads. It was the whole thing. When, when my socializing over Zoom has worked well... It's because it doesn't feel like I'm on Zoom. It just feels like I'm hanging out and other people are there and it's low key. Like there's nothing that just comes easily about syncing up a movie. Correct. The audio doesn't work. Like there's just a bunch of stuff. And like, which is especially hard for me because 95% of my socializing is done around some media. And so that is just gone because it can't really do that well at this point. Other than these podcasts, which of course are just amazing in every way. I know. We even have a new listener. It's true. You're, we'll you're, get to this later. Yeah, we got a lot to say about it later. So excited. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? First of all, Dawn's coat is blue leather. Yes, like bright blue. And she's being talked to by Principal Stevens. Principal Stevens, our third principal. We had Principal Flutie, who got eaten. Yeah. We had Principal uh, Snyder, who got eaten. (laughs) And now Principal Stevens, who seems to be not being eaten. There's time left, but, you know. It's true. But also, after this episode, do we see Principal Stevens ever again? I don't think we see a lot of Principal Stevens. She doesn't strike me as having a lot of personality. She's just rather stern. Mm-hmm. Xander's reading a straight-up comic book. How have I not noticed that before? I hope it's a Buffy comic book, but it looks like X-Men. <laughs> I like how he's just randomly sitting at the table just reading a comic book. I've never hung out with friends while I read something. Like, reading is an activity I go and do by myself, even if it's a comic book. I mean, I did, but I was, like, a roommate. Like, we were all in the same room, like, doing homework or, like... Homework is a different thing entirely. Reading. But... Willow seems to be reading a big old textbook, and Xander is reading a comic book. Our comic graphic novels um i think that there is a fine line to to me a comic book would be the things that you get that are just like 30 pages Mm -hmm. folded in half versus a graphic novel is like thick like a bigger thing yeah i think it's a i think it's a scaling issue i'm not a comic book (laughs) nerd so i can't guarantee you know who'd be a great person to ask this question zulu zulu would definitely know the answer yeah yeah i'm not i'm not super aware i never got into comic books neither i always thought they were pretty But I never understood why you would buy them. Yeah, and it always struck me as, like, the equivalent of soaps for a child. Mm -hmm. Because, like, there's thousands of them. You can't possibly have read them all. And you just sort of jump in the middle of a story and hope for the best and just keep going. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, like, super about that life. No, but I think they're fun. And if they were in my cereal box, I'd be excited. I mean, that's the thing. If you could get them in your cereal box, I would do a lot more things. Been eating a lot of rice checks lately. Oh, I've been eating a lot of corn pops. Oh, uh-huh. I was talking to somebody the other day and I asked about Apple Jacks. <gasps> yeah. What flavor were they? Because I never had them as a kid, but I know they don't taste like apple because that was like their whole ad campaign. I um, heard that it was like cinnamon, which doesn't make any sense to me. Kind of. So I also haven't had them in a very long time. But they didn't taste like apple. No, cinnamon, I mean, it's not s- s- 
straight up cinnamon, but it's definitely they have a very distinct flavor that's their own. That's their own thing. They that's should fair. also make that the Oreo mystery flavor. Oh, I would never get it because I never had Apple Jacks. We could do a side by side tasting. <laughs> oh, see, if we had had the Lucky or the Fruity Pebbles Oreos, and I had the presence of mind, I would have gotten us actual Fruity Pebbles to do side by side. It's too late now. I know. We should have come back. Our future selves could have told our past selves. This is what you should do. Listen, time travel is real. So Anya is telling us all about how she believes she's an American citizen now. Ooh, yay. And she refers to it as the us of A, which is my personal favorite way to describe America. <laughs> yes. It's how I always now describe America. She's very in tune with capitalism. She likes the capitalism. <laughs> I mean, who Carl? doesn't? Is it Karl Marx? Did he do capitalism? You're asking me questions. I know. I've done night. one microeconomics class before, and that was... I never did any kind of economics or business classes. I have no idea how I that all works. I had to take it, and I did not like it. I mean, what's to like? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Literally nothing. All of our business major listeners just tuned us out. They were like, we came here for Buffy jokes. Where the fuck is the Buffy jokes already? Well, right now, Giles is having a heart-to-heart with Buffy about how she needs to man up and give Don some discipline. Yes, and he's he's she suggests that he should do it because she always listens to him and he's like, no, you don't. <laughs> Which, Literally like, never. accurate, yeah. really, though. <laughs> man. Did you listen to your parents, like, growing up? Yes, I'm a rule follower. Really? Yes. I know I don't give off that energy, but yeah. I am a rule follower. Man. You give me an end zone and I'm in it. I'm staying within the lines. That's fair. I would say I'm a rule follower within reason. Like, I'll follow the rules that I don't get hurt. Physically. <laughs> you are absolutely not a rule follower. I am. You You are the kind of rule follower who would say to the rule setter, oh, I'll absolutely do that. And then you'll do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> and when you get caught, you'll act like it was their idea. Yeah. Like, that's you. <laughs> in a nutshell. <laughs> So let's talk about this math problem they're doing, laying on the ground, making triangle shapes. Oh, equilateral triangles. And talking about the angles of triangles, Mm -hmm. she said she was an acute angle or an acute triangle, which that was not the square, the triangle they were making. It was an equilateral. Yeah. Other than the fact that they were all different heights, but equilateral. But they would have been acute angles because 60 degrees. Well, yes, but like an acute triangle is one that has one very acute yeah. angle. And uh, yeah, not equilateral. Also, Willow is wearing a weird outfit, mm-hmm. but that's not actually where I was going. I don't know why I started that. Dawn is wearing a very weird outfit. Her turtleneck is so cinched at her waist, she must be wearing something. There's no way her body is shaped that way. I'm sorry. Really? She's supposed to be what, 15? Your body isn't shaped that way at 15. She's wearing some kind of corset. Yeah. All something right. is up under that outfit. All right. You're right, because not I was buying what you're just selling, like Michelle. Up and down as. <laughs> At the age of 15. I'm not picking up what you're putting down, Michelle Trachtenberg. Also, her turtleneck has a, a blue line. Yeah, that's a, kind of bothering me. It's a green turtleneck with a blue line right around the neck. Just asking for you to, like, choke it. I don't like it. How old was hostile. she when she filmed this, Michelle? I think we determined this. I think she was two years older than the character she was playing. So 16 at the time when she was 14, making her 17 now. Okay. No, 16 still. Which is a lot more age-appropriate from than some of these shows where they're, like... 30 playing a high school student. And part of that is that they can't hire somebody who's 20 to play Buffy's sister when Buffy's 20 playing 
like, like that's not going to work. So they had to hire somebody actually youthful. Yeah. No, I think I think Don works. I was just wondering. Yeah. Well, and I think that's that's exposing a problem. Like, obviously, it is significantly cheaper to do a television program where everyone is of age mm-hmm. because they don't have to go to school, so you don't have to pay for a tutor. Oh yeah. They have less labor laws about how often they can work. So like, there's a lot of reasons why you want to have adults playing teenagers in your school shows. You could also just not do a show about teenagers if they're never going to behave like teenagers. Sure. But that's probably asking a lot. So Glory has, quote unquote, figured out who the key is, but we never have her say the name out loud, which of course means she hasn't figured out Dick. No, but she thinks she has, and she's telling her minions, and she's all excited, and her lipstick is great. She's doing a fantastic lip job right now. Yeah. Her eyebrows are very intense. Also, they're slightly overdrawn if you look at them. Yeah, she has some highlighting too underneath it. They're going above her brow bone, which I'm noticing a lot in the sequence. Mm. But she's off to go claim the key. Meanwhile, the minions are going to go and listen in on all of Buffy's comings and goings and try and distract her. I'm surprised. We're going to get to this in a minute more so Mm -hmm. because we'll see it. But when the minions are listening to Buffy and Don talk... All about how Don is the key. It That's is not like a red red flag, like, let's go tell Glory. Such a problem. They show the minions creeping up on Buffy's house and listening at the window. Straight up show that. Then they cut to the conversation happening inside where Don says something to the effect of, you know, they dropped K through 8 in there. Maybe the monks will drop 9 in there as well. And it's like, yeah, she's admitting to being a key out loud in the room. It's a big emotional sequence. And she's not caught by the people who are obviously obviously listening in because mm-hmm. that's what they're doing they're obviously listening in right. at the moment so if they're not caught and they're there to listen what's the point yeah they've heard nothing well the minions are incompetent in pretty much every way i know but so they're that, they're kind of cute in they a, are in a sad way in a sad way you know what i wonder what the actors who play the minions do they leave with that like i was a minion on buffy the vampire slayer season five yeah i would hope they've done other jobs <laughs> Since then, because this is what twenty years ago. Yeah, so fair. I would hope they've had other work uh, or are retired by now, because it's been twenty years. Sure. But yeah, you never know. But like that could be like their party trick, or like you know when it's like fun fact about you, you could be like two truths and a lie. Yeah. That really only works though if they don't keep acting. Because if they still are acting, then it's not impressive they were on a TV show once. True. Just means they once were employed. Not shocking. I feel like <laughs> we should start working those in. Like I was this character on like this random TV show this one time. Well, like, do you remember the Facebook post that was going around for a while that was like, I've met these three famous people, but one of them is a lie. Do you remember that? No, but sure. It was trending during the early part of the coronavirus pandemic. Mm. People were posting this. By the way, it's sad that we have to talk about early coronavirus Mm. pandemic because it's still happening. Sure. Oh, man. We're going to be doing this forever. Yeah. I still don't hate it. My mom was like, you have to go out of your house. You must be going stir crazy. And I was like, I'm I'm really not, actually. I'm I'm fine. (laughs) I'm doing okay. (laughs) She's like, don't you want to go outside? I'm like, no. No. I've actually been working my whole life to never have to go outside. That's fair. (laughs) You know, these are the things. Willow and Tara, hello Tara, are about to have their fight. I know. Willow is wearing the most obscure jacket. There's a lot of shoulder. Yeah, it's like a 
blackish brownish jacket with a fur thick collar. And then as she walks away later, you're going to see that there are flames coming from the bottom of the jacket to like midway up the jacket. Are they flames or are they a weird paint design? They certainly look like flames. I don't know. I also was very confused about this butterfly monarch that they have on their bed. Oh yeah, they have like a monarch butterfly pillow. Yeah. I'm more concerned about, again, I know we've said this before, but they have so many fucking candles. They've got candles mounted (laughs) on walls. Like, they have candles everywhere. Candles are one of the few things that you can guarantee are banned in college dorms. Oh, yeah. No matter where you are. Microwaves can go either way, but candles are a hard no. Yeah. Microwaves and Christmas lights are, like, the things that, like, some schools are cool with, some schools are aren't. But you know who are all against? Candles. Yeah. Not allowed to have them. No. Not even a little bit. And they've got candles everywhere. There are so many candles in their house. I also want to know, like, did this room come this furnished? Like, we see a blue bookcase over there and, like, a full-size bed with a headboard. Like... Yeah, no college dorm looks like this. No. The lamps... Like, think about the lamp you had in your college dorm. It was a metal (laughs) pole and a 14-cent paper shade. She's got, like, a glass hand-blown thing with this beautiful decorative thing over it. It's ridiculous. Also, the hole in their wall from when Xander put his fist through it, totally patched up and cleaned off now. Oh. Mm-hmm. Who paid that facility's bill? I'm wondering if Xander just did it out of his own pocket, because he did put his fist through the wall. True. But wouldn't you have to, like, I don't know how you fix that particle board in no, plastic? No, you get a patch. I did the whole fucking house. I could do that <laughs> shit. <laughs> you don't need, like, a special license. You just come in and blah, 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 done. <laughs> do you have stuffed animals on your bed? I don't. So I have uh, recently acquired two lobsters, and I have a bear stuffed animal. But all set on my reading chair. You don't put them on your bed. No. So you don't sleep with a stuffed animal in your room. No. Wow. So impressed. Yeah. Well, okay, so the problem is, especially now that it's hot, I just, like, kick things, including my pillows that I have on my bed always, off the bed. Sure. And I, like, squirm around a lot. The stuffed animal is not lasting a long time on my bed. All right. I'm not really a, like, let's cuddle stuffed animal person. Yeah. Stuffed animals don't generate heat, though. They're, like, the best thing to cuddle. However, one time, I did have a stuffed animal teddy bear that had a heating pad inside of it that you could take out and warm up and then put it back in the bear. That bear did generate heat, and it was great. Sure. And then I don't have it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And then I found $5. Yes, also <laughs> true. <laughs> Buffy is folding checkerboard face cloths, or, I'm sorry, uh, kitchen towels. Oh, yeah. Towels. And she's folding them for so long. It takes her so so long to fold these. This is another testament to Sarah Michelle Gellar's acting chops, though. There's two examples of this in this episode. It's not really about her performance in terms of it portraying the emotion. It's about continuity. So she is folding these towels in the exact same way every angle that they cut to her. Mm-hmm. So when they cut to a close-up, she's holding the towels a certain way. When they cut to the far away, she's holding them in the exact same way. And those things were filmed at totally different times. And so it would be very easy as an actor to like just be folding and not be paying attention to what your hands are doing. But Sarah Michelle Gellar, she pays attention to that shit and watches and makes sure she's doing it the same way every time. This will come up again later when she takes Dawn to see Spike and she's comforting Dawn and she's brushing the back of her hair Mm -hmm. and there are three different camera angles and Buffy's hand matches in all three spots. It's crazy how good it is. That's a pro who really understands how editing works Mm -hmm. and that's a good actor 
for somebody who has to work with them on a regular basis on a TV show that's usually going to be cobbling together scenes from all over the place. Things you don't think about. I did not think about that whatsoever. Well, because it would be like if you and I are having this conversation, we're filming from where my TV is, and you can see both of us sitting face-to-face. Yeah. Then we have to do another shot over your shoulder looking at me, and then another shot over my shoulder looking at you. And, of course, our hands are going to move. We're going to be in different positions because it's the same thing four times, three times, multiple takes of the same thing. So, like, you're going to get bored, and you're going to do different stuff, and then that's impossible to edit together because if my hand is on my knee, and then we cut to the wide shot, my hand's off my knee, it looks weird. Just saying. Here we are at the Multicultural Fair. Yay! This has one of your favorite lines because Willow says, I'm not feeling very multicultural right now. Yeah, and I still use that today. Every day. Uh-huh. Tara, despite the fact that she's had a fight with Willow, has decided to go to the multicultural fair alone. And sulk on a bench. And sulk on a bench like <laughs> a weirdo. But not any weirder than Willow, who sulks in the corner of the magic box. On the pillows! Which appears to be pillows she, like, brought from home because there's not usually pillows over there. Okay, but... I wish that there was a pillow corner. Every store should have a sulking corner just for you to go when you fight with your girlfriend. Agree. <laughs> Sometimes I go to bookstores and I judge it based on whether it has like a children friendly, you know, like reading book area corner mm-hmm. that I would like to commandeer for myself. Because you want to just claim it. Yeah. Listen, I have a race car bed. I understand this life. Yeah, see? (laughs) So the fight is happening. Tara is talking to Glory now. Glory is preparing for the brain suck. Mm -hmm. But we are going to take a quick break (gasps) because we have some fortune cookies to open. We haven't done fortune cookies in some time. We're doing it today. I like it. Okay, let's do it. See you real soon, team. Boop, boop. All right. Fortune cookie time. Yay. Here's a fortune cookie for you. Thank you. Here's a fortune cookie for me. Let's unwrap them in silence so I can edit out this noise. Isn't editing great? I agree. <laughs> Tell me what your fortune says. If you want it, dot, 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 take it, period. Wow, your fortune is very short. I agree. And justified way up at the top. Not <laughs> centered at all on your form. Not even a little bit. Mine says, circumstances do not make the man. They merely reveal himself to himself. How so, profound. A good thing you didn't get this one, because it's apparently <laughs> not about vaginas. So that's fine. Also, my learned Chinese is cut off. What is it? Let me see. What it's supposed to say. Oh, but you still have lucky numbers. That's okay. Yeah, that's fair. And you know that a Chinese word is YU, which I imagine was true even before I read it. Sure. So (laughs) that's fine. My Chinese word is soybean milk, which sounds like something I could very easily work into everyday speech. And I'm not going to be the kind of person that tries to say that. Because here's the thing about the learned Chinese. The, the, the words they give me, they're still written in Chinese. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, I don't know how to say that. No. It's D-O with the, like, line on it. You don't know how to say that with a Chinese inflection. Do. Do, probably. I don't But, like, maybe give me the pronunciation guide. Yeah. Fortune cookie manufacturers. Just saying. Okay, Okay. and we have a a Josh ordered an extra meal, because I ordered an extra meal. So they sent us an additional fortune cookie for us to read together. It's amazing how quiet these cookies are. I cannot (laughs) believe it. So our fortune is, don't pursue happiness, create it. Oh. Well, that is very nice of them to say. (laughs) And uh, instead of soybean milk, we're doing potato. Which has four, three words in Chinese. Doesn't seem particularly efficient, China. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> no. Also, you gotta memorize how, like in writing. There's a whole different like. Yeah, they got characters. There's a lot. It's a lot to it. Yeah. We have like letters and stuff, but characters it's totally seem different. The pictures seem the same. They, it's very complex. Listen, team. We have learned a couple of Chinese words. We have. Yeah. We've learned that uh, Leah has no ability to learn Chinese, mm-hmm. especially when her fortune is misprinted. Yeah. But it's time for us to get right back in to tough love. Yay! Those were some amazing and silent fortunes. I agree. I don't think I could have lived until today without those. No. I mean, honestly, I'm not sure how you function in your life without these fortunes. I don't know how I have. Improved your perspective on the world. So before we get into our listener mail, because I know that's what we do after (laughs) a commercial break. But before we get into that, we have to talk about Giles just knowing that there's a minion in his back room. Okay. I still don't understand. There must be, like, a secret smell. So for those of you who don't remember this, Giles and Willow are having a conversation about the fight that Willow and Tara have had. And as he's talking, he walks up to a door, opens it, slams it shut into a minion because he knows that they're there. Uh Doesn't even miss a beat about the platitude he's spewing to Willow. He's just like, there'll be another day. There'll be other fish in the sea. Something about vaginas. Like, whatever he's (laughs) saying. And then he says, get some twine and tie them up. The girls turn around to go get the twine. You hear a crunching noise, and suddenly the minion is very verbal and able to share his storyline. Yeah. What did he do to that poor minion? Okay, this is going to sound terrible. My only thought is, like, what I would do to a boy. I would just, like, punch his penis, and then he'd be in pain and tell me whatever I wanted to know. I don't know. He doesn't feel like he just got punched in the balls. All right. And also it made a crunch noise. Okay, he could have crunched it. Actually, the... The subtitles went with crackle. So, what does that mean? <laughs> Did he like fireworks in? Something not good has happened to this minion, who appears to be perfectly fine a second later. Yeah, but well, is now willing to tell the beans? Yeah, whatever pain he inflicted, it's not bad enough that he can't continue talking. Also, we never know... Like, what do they do with this minion after this point? I hope they just murder him, frankly. They can't. Why not? Humans. Uh, He's a demon. They can murder demons. Really? They do it all the time. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Also, like, he says, like, we know who the key is, and the gang very specifically does not say that the key is Dawn. They instead say, she found out who the key is. Oh, my God. And then when they find out it's actually Tara, they're like, oh, we have to go get Tara now, because, like, that's a problem. Yeah. But, so now Tara's about to get her brain sucked. While that's happening, Ooh. let's take a look at our wonderful mail from our glorious listener. Yay! Let's do it. Um, uh, from Zulu okay. and India about the body. Okay. From Zulu, he says, good morning. He's drinking out of his Janelle Watches Firefly mug. Yay! Nicely done. He cannot get behind Uncrustables. Well, he's wrong about that. What's not to like? I don't think I've ever had to call 911, which is actually pretty surprising. I think the one time I definitely would have needed to call, my dad took on that responsibility. His dorm room in college did have sinks. I feel like we've talked about the sink thing a bunch, but it's still weird to us. I agree. That's not a thing in my thing. Fun, fist-to-the-wall adjacent stories. I know guys in college frequently punch through walls. Those events don't even register in my memory. Things that did register. We lived in a house that was about to be demolished, so we drew on the walls and did a bunch of other irresponsible shit. One day, I was annoying my roommate, and he threw my whole damn body through both layers of sheetrock right between the studs, so nobody could use the bathroom in privacy our last couple of days in that house. 
this seems like mature behavior. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had another friend who was a sore loser. Freshman year, I was beating him in ping pong for the first time ever, and he kicked through a dorm commons window. Cut up his ankle real bad, too. Very responsible. Is this like a normal male behavior? This is like douchey, uh, bro-y, testosterone poisoning nonsense. Uh-huh. Honestly, I cannot imagine becoming an adult human and having to live with once during a game of ping pong, I put my foot through a wall (laughs) and cut up my leg. Like, embarrassing. I've done a lot of embarrassing things in my life, but never something so stupid as to intentionally inflict harm on my own person because I was angry about a children's game. (laughs) Not about that life. Nope. I don't feel like I talked about this episode much, but I agree that it is really well done. Well, yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. Excellent. Thank you very much for writing in, good sir. Next up, we have a message from India. Not sure, but Scott and I thought Anya was talking about Krampus when she said that Santa Claus was real. Who's Krampus? Krampus is the evil incarnation of Santa Claus in certain mythologies. He doesn't disembowel children, as Anya claimed that their Santa Claus did. Mm -hmm. So I'd have to assume that that's not a Krampus reference directly. But I could see where the the wonderful folks of India and her husband, Indio, would come to this conclusion. I've just decided that's the name. I agree. (laughs) Because the myth of Krampus is that he punishes the bad children. I don't know that he has tiny reindeer and all of that. But yeah, Krampus, I don't know if I can get behind that one. You know. Okay. I liked Willow's purple shirt, but she didn't choose it. Yeah, that's true. She didn't choose that I shirt. I agree. Beautiful episode, sad times, but it shows how much we love the show to be willing to go here with them and it not be sappy or handled poorly. I do think it was handled very well. The I body know. was spot on a great it's episode. beautiful. I still don't like it because it makes me feel things, but it's still good. I mean, who wants to feel things? That's, no one. That's ever. not. That's not what we want. No. Then we have a message from Omega yeah, regarding Omega. this very episode. For Tough Love, Dear Josh Prime and Jess Leah, it's really cute that Buffy wanted Giles to step in as authority figure. Mm-hmm. She was the original of the meme of the person who was searching for an adultier adult. <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting that she does call upon Giles to do these things because of how she thinks of him as her father figure. Yeah. But he's not Dawn's father. No. So that creates a problem. He's also not her father. Right, but he's definitely her father. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Another big episode. Willow and Tara have their first fight. Buffy has a conniption over the potential for social services to take Dawn. Then Glory decides Tara is the key. What a mess. There's people for you. Pretty worthless, says Glory. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot happening in this episode. I agree. One of those things that work for Glory. If even Anya can't ID those creatures, how are we supposed to? I'm sticking with calling them ugly, ugly goblin monks. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I just call them the minions. Yeah. Awesome Glory's man. minions works for me. I know Spike is an evil vampire and all, but honestly, half the time he's more human than any of them. Speaking of Spike, why is he taking so long to heal? This really can't be normal. Yeah. His injuries were quite severe. And he also was attacked by a god. Yeah. That's got to be longer, right? I, I would assume so. He also, like, I've never seen a vampire as injured. Like, his eye was all swollen shut. Yeah. He thought that Buffy was the Buffy bot, which it's a bit of a struggle in real life, uh, you know. That's fair. Uh, quote, well, that came out a lot more lesbian than it sounded in my head. <laughs> yeah. Yet again, Anya narrating <laughs> the story of my life. So Willow goes all evil witch bitch, and Buffy has to march in and keep Glory from destroying her. I take serious issue with that scene. I feel like if Glory put any effort into it, she could have really massacred the both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's some stuff I would like to say about that that I'm going to keep to myself for right now, but know that I'll be talking about it a lot more in the future. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of thoughts about that particular scene because it is something that 
we're going to be talking about more as we move forward. I think that this scene also reminds me heavily of the scene in season two where Angel has killed Jenny Mm -hmm. and Giles goes on a murderous rampage trying to kill Angel. It's very, very similar. In fact, it goes almost the exact same way where in both sequences, Giles and Willow tell Buffy that they're planning on doing something. Buffy, quote unquote, talks them down. And I believe both times it is Spike that says, I I could be totally wrong about the other one, but certainly in this one, Spike says like, obviously she's going to go and do it. Yeah. Like, actually, you know what? In the season two one, it's Xander that goes, you really don't think he's going to go and do that? Yeah. So in both instances, Buffy comes in in the nick of time and saves the day, but both characters did get a good couple of few whacks in. My personal favorite was when Giles has the flaming bat. Like he sets the table on fire, dips his bat in it, and then swings it at Angel's face. Pretty badass. Yeah. I mean, he's not called the Ripper for nothing. It's true. He gets real into this. Uh-huh. Then he, she concludes her letter by saying, have you ever been angry enough with someone to seek revenge? I was very, I don't know if angry is the right word, but like upset mm-hmm. for a long time with one of my friends from undergrad because essentially what happened was a group of us went away for a, a, a long weekend. Uh-huh. And by a group of us, it was like a group of girls and a group of boys. Mm-hmm. And one of the... Sounds like the opening of a romantic comedy. It really was. <laughs> uh, one of the boys that we went away with, I had like a huge crush on that everybody knew. Mm-hmm. Except for him. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> This person ended up hooking up with the boy that I liked. And that was it for you. Yeah. (laughs) It's not good. It's not a good situation. What happened to the two of them? They get married if hundreds of fat children? No. (laughs) Shocked. Yeah. Shocked by this. (laughs) But I was at the point where, like, I really want... Like, not then, in the moment, because I was very sad. But, like, after, when I was, like, spewing in my Mm -hmm. head. Like, wanted revenge, but I... You didn't do it? I would love to be the kind of person that could have beautifully concocted cruel intentions style revenge oh, plots. Oh, that's such a good movie. Such a good movie. <laughs> and like, it's, it's you know it's a good movie when you end the movie being like, damn, I'm sad that Sarah Michelle Geller got caught. I know. Like, <laughs> like, that, you know, when you're when you're not displeased that Ryan Felipe gets hit by a car, yeah. you know that they've done a good job. <laughs> I've never been mad enough to to want to inflict revenge on anybody. I would like to think that I've made other people mad enough that they want to inflict revenge on me. Yeah. That would give me some pride. Yeah. But no, I've never been mad enough. It's of course I'm like a sociopath. I'm like no, but other people definitely hate me enough to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I've never wanted to get revenge on someone. I've never felt I've never felt slighted enough to feel the need to get revenge. Yeah. I just, it happens. I'm like, yeah, people, just, people mostly suck. Yeah. If you have that, like, <laughs> level going into things, like, it's a lot easier. It's true. You don't get a lot of revenge that way, though. No. So that's sad. I know. But, well, thank you very much for writing in, Omega. Mm-hmm. We have a fourth message. <gasps> This is very exciting. I we have know. a fourth message coming from our new writer inner, Yay. Delta. Yay! Oh, this is great. I so, know. Delta writes in Hey, JNL, I enjoy your show. 
I started listening to you guys because of Dollhouse. Yay. Dollhouse is so fucking it's good. so good. <laughs> <laughs> so good. But I have to give you credit for getting me hooked on Buffy. I had no interest in Buffy, but I started watching because I wanted more podcast material to listen to at work. I enjoy whenever you talk about greyhounds because yeah. that is the type of dog that I have. I told you the greyhounds stick is going to stick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have worked hard to keep it going. <laughs> We're not even drinking greyhounds tonight, but in honor of Delta, cheers to greyhounds. Yay! We'll have our tequila <laughs> cheersing to greyhounds. It's still a good match, you know? I'm, I'm so happy. You didn't tell us what the name of your dog is, and that's upsetting. Yeah, next time, we would like the name of the dog, and I would like to know how you found us. Was it hashtag greyhound or greyhounds? <laughs> It goes both ways. <laughs> did, oh my god! If, if if Delta found us because of your spectacular Instagram game, that would be amazing. Like, I would have to eat all of my words if you somehow were like getting listeners through your incredibly ham-handed approach to Instagram. Like, <laughs> I would just like to point out for this week only, I am caught up. <laughs> We're in the middle of an apocalypse, and you don't have time to do Instagram. Jesus. I too. We, that is why. But for a while, I didn't. Don't you know, tell anyone. These are the things. Well, anyway, so he goes on to say, if you read this on the podcast, I would like my podcast name to be Delta. Yay. Well, that's already, we've committed to that. Yeah. So that's what's happening. And then says, thanks for doing the show. Aww. Listen, Delta, we appreciate you so much for writing in. We love the fact that you've listened to our show, and I love the fact that we are introducing you to a thing that you wouldn't have otherwise watched. Yeah. Hopefully you're not hating Buffy. I'm wondering though, is he actually watching it or just listening to us talk about it? Because either way, I think you're getting a pretty good experience <laughs> about what true. the show is like, because yeah. we're pretty clear. <laughs> Minus our tangents, but that's fine. You know, I mean, our tangents are what makes it. That's where Greyhounds came from. I know. Here we are. There's so many years later. Small amount of greyhounds in the actual media we're watching so i appreciate that (laughs) this has come up listen we really appreciate hearing from you super awesome and thank you to all of our listeners who write in if you would like to be the kind of listener who writes in and gets shout outs and talks about greyhounds you should absolutely write to us at jnl watches on facebook instagram twitter gmail literally all the things true meanwhile greg we're still waiting still waiting on greg also i have more questions for delta uh tell us about your favorite episode of dollhouse Love to hear about that. And who your favorite character is. I have strong opinions. There are correct answers. (laughs) That is true. So, meanwhile, back to the show. Glory is having an earthquake because Willow is coming in all witchy and magical. Uh And she's doing a whole bunch of splashy special effects stuff. She floats in very fruisable from the craft. She's got the black eyes like Amy season one. Mm -hmm. She's throwing knives at her. Making snakes appear. It's a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, she ruins Glory's dress, and I'm very upset about it. Although she has a black number underneath. Yeah, apparently she wears... She she hits... Willow hits her with a bunch of mirror fragments that rip Glory's dress apart. Mm-hmm. And then Glory rips that dress off, and there is a pristine, undamaged black <laughs> slip underneath it. How? How is that? <laughs> if the first dress got ruined with shards of glass... How did it, like, was that silk Teflon? Like, how is that happening? She's a god. That's all you need to know. Godlike silk woven by tiny monk monsters. I only wish, like, have you seen the Disney Hercules, how the gods, like, glow? Oh, yeah. She I should have like, a glow to her. I agree. Mm-hmm. Like I can see that. Ambiance and glitter. Yeah. You're always after the glitter. I saw today, no joke. You know how, like, people steal packages? Yes. Well, now they're disguising glitter bombs oh, yes. as mm-hmm. packages. It's the best thing ever. There's a video on YouTube of somebody who made a box 
that when you try and open it, it spews glitter and then makes fart yep. machines to make it smell bad. So that when people steal it, if they open it in their car, it fills it with glitter and then you throw it out the car because it reeks. Yeah. Kind of my favorite thing. I know. It's so good. <laughs> um, well, anyway, what are your thoughts on this episode? I feel like this is a very important episode. Yeah, a lot um, happens. At, yeah. Well, as evidenced by a lot happening, like we have fights between Willow and Tara. We have Tara going crazy. We have Tara revealing the key. We have Buffy dealing with now disciplining and parenting Dawn. We yeah. have... The stakes uh, have been raised pretty yeah. significantly. Because it's important, because it's crucial, I'm going to give it my standard eight. Your standard eight. Yep. Eight and a half. My problem is, as we were talking on the first watch through, I think they could have went in a different direction at the end, and I think it would have been more impactful. Yeah. Well, certainly they had a different plan, and they had to kind of change gears. Yes. And I think some of the elements in the beginning of the show, we didn't need, and the episode would have been stronger if it had more dialogue on certain sections, like spending more time on what Buffy feels to now be the parent of the household, or what Willow feels now caring for Tara, who yeah. is crazy, or... Granted, we're going to have more time to do some of that stuff, but I agree with you. It's it's a little um, interesting. Also, Willow hocks a loogie in Glory's face, and it's like the biggest, biggest phlegm you've ever seen. It's yes. so gross. Yes. No, I agree with you. I think this episode struggles a little bit with some of its pacing. Mm-hmm. The whole deal of Buffy dropping out of school really comes out of left field. Like, I don't know that we needed that. I think we could have just had the dialogue of her telling Giles, like, I'm freshly dropped out. We don't need a scene of her talking to a professor we've never met before. I think the Tara, or I'm sorry, the Willow sequence where she's fighting Glory, that could have been an opportunity to really blow some money and like show some cooler stuff than they actually wound up doing. But I recognize that they probably didn't have that money, so that's fine. The fight sequence between Buffy and Glory is fun. I love the, the work they do with this giant, oversized, curved couch. Very, very strange, but it's cool. You know, because on Buffy, they do a lot of fight sequences. They're always looking for new ways to make the fight sequences look exciting and interesting. Yeah. And the big couch was an interesting choice, I guess. You can't deny that there is major storyline happening. My yeah. other issue is at this end scene, we're like packing or unpacking this like dark room with a window. And I don't understand where we are. Well, it's especially interesting because we've... Is this... this? I think this is supposed to be Tara's room. But we always see Tara and Willow in the same room together. Mm-hmm. But Tara's room has always been the one that's painted black. And it always has that picture we've been trying to find the origin of. Mm-hmm. With the weird, what I assume is a Salem witch, even though it's probably not. But, yeah, we don't get to spend a lot of time in Tara's room. But further, the way that this room is set up, we don't have anything on the wall where the windows are because... Glory comes and rips the wall off. Right. And I don't think that in any reality that's how Tara's room was arranged. Mm-mm. I remember Tara's room being full of Christmas lights and stuff, and there was just shit everywhere. Yeah. Now, granted, they have boxes piled up because they're clearly moving around out of the dorms. Right. It reminds me of the troll episode where all of a sudden the big expensive rock is no longer on the table that gets ruined. Right. Like, they've purposely set the room up to allow for this wall gag to make sense. Also, like, how did Glory rip the wall off? If you grabbed a wall, it would break apart in your hand. It wouldn't just rip the whole wall off. If she pushed in, maybe you could have that effect, but that's going to ruin your cast and, like, be a big mess. Uh So, yeah, so I'm not sure how this is even supposed to be reasonable, but whatever, it's fine. Yeah, it's also interesting that Tara, while in a state of mental shenanigans, is eating and is fine and Dawn's there and doesn't say anything about her being the key or, like, seeing glowing light. And then Gloria shows up and is like... 
Yeah. Which, I mean, does sort of check out with some of the other crazy people they've encountered where they talk normal and all of a sudden just start doing this. It's also, like, the first time in the sequence that Dawn talks directly to Tara, if you pay attention. Dawn talks right to Tara, and that's what causes that reaction. So, like, I get it. I also know that we needed to have Glory find out eventually. We only have four episodes left, three now. And so, like, she needs to find out. And what we don't want to do from a creative standpoint is have any one of our characters be the reason. And so Dawn being uncovered in this way takes all the onus off of Tara and actually makes Tara even more sympathetic because she's so obviously not in control of her faculties. Yeah. Especially since she gave up her sanity to protect the secret. The irony of that is not lost in anyone. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> they needed it to be that way because any consequences that result of Glory finding out who the key is can't fall back on one of our main characters. That would just create more problems. But yeah, so anyway, so Glory now knows who the key is, and we cut to commercial and end the episode. Craziness. Very crazy. We are on a roller coaster ride to the end of the show. I have a lot of thoughts about the not the next episode, but the one after it in terms of momentum. But we'll get to that when it comes. Okay. But next week, what will we be watching? Next week's friends will be watching Buffy Season 5, Episode 20, Spiral. Buffy and her friends flee Sunnydale when Glory closes in on Dawn. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 indeed. We have to have some conversations coming up in the next three episodes about... What are we doing next? Are we going to go into season six right away? Are we going to try a different show for a while? Like, what is it that we're doing? I don't know. I don't have a good answer. Yeah. We don't have it. We got three episodes figured out. Right. So we got plenty of time. <laughs> but it's coming. I, we we think we picked our movie, though. <gasps> yeah. Because we really want to watch Psycho Beach Party. Yeah. So, like, that's probably the movie we're going to be doing. But more information to come. Truth. For now, team, it's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. Later. Bye. Glory does a brain suck. Ooh. Uh, Willow and Tara have a big fight. Why? Not magic, I think. Oh. Fighting stuff. Nothing. Willow does some crazy magic. Throws some swords. Glory's unimpressed. Did she get her brain suck? Oh, uh-oh. My mom told me today she drove by a car that had a sign on it that said, these teachers have been lying to us because my student is absolutely not a delight to spend the day with. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) It it frightens me how powerful you're getting. It impresses. Impressive. Well, I took Psych 101. I mean, I took it from an evil government scientist who was skewered by her Frankenstein-like creation for the final, but... Oh, Professor, um... Ward? No. Wash. Wash. Yeah. Walsh. Can you trust me? Wash was the guy yes. in my life. Walsh is the professor. That's not what I mean. So yeah, so they're fighting about magic. Shocking. This is a similar fight she had with Oz. Oz was nervous about how she did magic all the time, too. Sometimes. Maybe I'm like Oz. I think you are season season one, two, and three Willow. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like, now we're getting into a new Willow. This is like a whole different... <laughs> talking a lot more. Mm-hmm. Not okay. <laughs> it's all right. I can see how Glory doesn't play well with yes. others. Yeah. <laughs> Tara's not gonna tell you dick. She's like, I don't even have a crooked part today. Pick the wrong day to fuck with me. Crazy. Couldn't she have just made something up?
I mean, that's what uh, Spike tried to do and it didn't work. This is the second time we've tortured one of the main gang. It's true. So with Spike, he chose, like, a, a Bob Barker. Yeah. Like, you could have been, like, Owen from... Season one, yeah. too. <laughs> Just sick about somebody yeah. else.